All right, Shabbos, say good morning. Let us begin. We have a lot to do today. Baruch Hashem, beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us. Begin by thanking our sponsors. Thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Elul. Shane Dean, Avram Kelman. I've dedicated the Shi'urim this month in honor of Yechiel's engagement to Alana Falik in memory of their parents, Jerome and Bernice Kelman, and Alexander and Frederica David Zechorom Levracha. To thank Barak Maya, Sandy Hoffman, Dora Limos, and Avi Malamid for dedicating Shurim this month in memory of Ruvain Ben Emanuel Zechorin Lebracha. To thank Ayala and Sarah Steinberg for dedicating all the Shurim and Drashos this month, Meschus for Shalima, for Shulamis Bas Susha. The Dafyomi for dedicating the Shir this month. And this is Rafushlima for Yehuda Ben Michal. Our week of learning sponsors, Louis Goldberg thanking Hashem for the engagement of his grandson Eli Bogart to Rivi Golaskov, daughter of Steve Golaskov. And our week of learning sponsors, Joseph and Ellen Miller, Iris and Ed Miller and family, Leslie and Adam Rosen and family, Lezecha Nishmas Richard Berman, beloved brother-in-law, uncle, and the family in Chama. To thank our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Stephanie Rabinowitz, in memory of her father, Moshe Ben Chaim, and Saeed and Simahakin, Le'iloi Nishmas, Saeed's father, Moshe Ben Bashia, Koen Zichron Livracha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Nishamas will have an Aliyah, the families in Chama, and all those who require a refuah should have one together with Kol Chole Yisrael. And those with that, let us begin. Today's daf is Ayin Aleph, 71. Uh, and also, take the opportunity to wish a Mazel Tov to Reuven Goodman on the occasion of the marriage of his daughter Leora tonight. Bishat Tova Umitzlachos, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. So, so, so we are picking up, we are picking up today. Today's daf is, today's daf is Ayin Aleph, 71. We are picking up on Ayin Amid Bey's six lines into the wide lines. Yeah, yeah, Ruben, did I just like invite everyone to the wedding? Is that what I just did effectively? Okay, whatever. Alright, so, so 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 let's so let's begin. So six so six lines six lines into the wide lines. So it says the Gimara as follows. So also, so remember again the Mishnah introduced us to this interesting case of a man who is going ahead and making a nether, prohibiting <coughs> his wife from getting any benefit from him. So essentially, again, we, yesterday we were speaking about the maximum duration of this nether, which would require or trigger the need for immediate divorce. But let's assume for a moment that the nether falls into the, what we call the acceptable range. The acceptable range. So the Mishnah said, let's assume for our purposes right now, that the acceptable range is 30 days. 30 days. Again, Rabbi Huti came along and made a distinction between Israel and Akoim. But we'll go with 30 days. We'll go 30 days. So what's that, Allah? During those 30 days, he has to go ahead and support his wife through an intermediary. A parnes. A So it says the Gemara, I don't understand. We'll say, I don't understand. What does it matter if he's using a parnes, if he's using an intermediary? After all, at the end of the day, isn't the parnes performing the shlichus on the husband? Now, we'll say, remember, we have a concept by shlichus that what? Right? A person's agent is like an extension of him. So it's very nice that the husband is not supporting his wife himself, but Lamaisa, again, isn't his agent an extension of him. So effectively, the husband is supporting his wife. And if he's supporting his wife, then what? Then what? He's in violation of his, I mean, his own self-imposed nether. Amrav, who knows what's the case? Interesting case. It's where the husband puts out like a, um, an announcement. And what's the announcement? Whoever sustains my wife will not lose. And I will say whoever sustains my wife will not lose is another way of saying that. Well, whoever sustains my wife 
you could come back to me and I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. So essentially, he's not going ahead and tasking anyone explicitly, but rather he's going ahead and simply saying, whoever takes care of my wife will not lose. To which the Gemara says, I don't understand. Even if you use a Lashon like this, isn't the person effectively acting as the Baal's, the husband's shaliach? Well, listen to this. Well, tonight we learned, Mishaya Mushlach Babar. It will say, if someone ultimately again was thrown into a pit, Va'amar Kala Shamei Kolo. So we'll say, so Rashi points out over here. Um, actually, let's, let's leave it. So we'll say, so again, he's thrown into the bar, right? Obviously, we're talking about a situation where he's afraid of dying. He doesn't want his wife to be an Amman. He wants to be a Grusha, for whatever the reason. So, and he cries out, whoever hears my voice should write a get for my wife. Ultimately, whoever hears it should write it and deliver it. And I will say, in order to write it and deliver it, what do you have to be? You have to be the shaliach of the husband, right? In other words, I, I can't go right and say to myself, you know what? I was just over at Ruben and Rachel's house. It looks like their marriage is terrible, right? Terrible shalom bayis. I'm going to write a get, right, on behalf of Ruben. I'm his friend. I've known him for a long time. I'm going to do him a tova. I'm going to write him a get. Right? You can't do that. A get has to be, a get can only be given through the koach of the ba, the koach of the husband. See, here's an interesting case, right? Remember, at the end of the day, what's happening over here? So Ruben's in the pit. Ruben's in the pit. He calls out, he says, whoever hears me, right, whoever hears me, go ahead and write the get. And I will say, that's, and whoever hears Ruben can write the get, which shows you that even a more general statement, not necessarily tasking an individual, but expressing a desire for something to occur, creates shlichos. If that's the case, we're back to square one, because even, uh, even if Ruben is saying in this case over here, kol hazan alai. Kalazan alai, right? Or kalazan enomafsid, excuse me. Whoever sustains my wife will not go ahead and lose out. And somebody goes ahead and supports the wife. That should be shlichos. To which the Yomar says, Haki hashtahasam ka'amar yichto. Well, there's a big difference. In the get case, the husband is giving a directive, yichtov. While it's true that he's not actually being memana, he's not appointing any specific individual he is asking for a targeted action. Whoever hears, whoever hears this instruction should write the get. Here the husband is not saying someone should support my wife. Rather, what is he saying? Whoever does it, whoever does it. So I will say, so you are suggesting over here is the non, the, 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 the fact that the husband is not making a direct ask. You see, in the get case, he's making a direct ask. Whoever hears my voice, write the get. Sigmar says, okay. He's asking explicitly for someone to do something that creates shlichos. In the Gemara's case over here, he's saying, whoever sustains my wife, he's not asking for something directly actional. He's not asking anyone to do anything. He's making a general statement that's not shlichos. I, the Gemara says, Baha Am Rabbi Ami, Bidl, I'm sorry, um, good. Baha Am Rabbi Ami, Bidl Leike, Tiru Lomar, Kal Mechabe Eno Mavsid Bidl so also he's interested in that by a fire, the lake is a fire. In the case of fire, I was remember again, Chas Hashem, let's say there's a fire in someone's home, and assuming there's no sakonis nefashos, there's no danger to life. 
Let's assume that for just a moment. So we'll say, Sitalacha is it is just going to be a monetary loss. You can't put out the fire on Shabbos. It's a pretty dramatic halacha. Right? So again, Ruvain's house is burning down. Again, no neighbors, no gas lines, no electricity. So the only thing he stands to lose is his, are his possessions. He's not allowed to go ahead and extinguish the fire. What can he do? He could call out and he could say, Right? Whoever, whoever puts out the fire will not lose out. Will not lose out. Now, I will say, now obviously, this is a case of what we call Amir Lenachri. This is where you're instructing a non-Jew to do malacha. And because I'm not explicitly tasking the non-Jew to do something, it's mutter. It's mutter in this case of dramatic loss. So the Gemara says, Now, the Gemara says, this is permitted in the case of a fire. Now, it's telling you that a parallel case somewhere else wouldn't work. What does it come to exclude? It must be coming to exclude like the case in our Mishnah, where the husband made a nether, and he makes the statement, call Hazan Alai, whoever sustains my wife, it's on me, I'll pay you back. So obviously it's coming to say that a case like that does not work, to which the Yomar says, no, 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 it's actually coming to exclude other Yisurim of Shabbos. The less you think that you could do this, you could employ this, you could employ this method to get a guy to do other malachas, that's not true. This is only that kind of case where the house is burning down. Okay, massive rabbis, rabbi is a kasha. Hamudra hanoamechavei rabbi yochal. was a very interesting case, a very interesting case, that what's the halacha? So hamudra hanoamechavei rabbi inlama yochal. So also here's an interesting situation. Um, I make a nether. I make a nether that Reuven is not permitted to get any benefits from me. Right? I can make such a nether. I prohibit any benefits from myself to Reuven. Now what happens? Reuven is destitute. And he doesn't have food. He doesn't have food. But I would like to get him food. But what's the problem? What's the problem? I can't because of the nether. So what do I do in such a situation like this? Go to a shopkeeper who you have a good relationship with. But Yomar Lo says to the shopkeeper, Ish ploni mudra hanami meni, Reuven can't get any benefits from me, ve'eni odea ma'as ma'as alo, and I don't know what to do with him, for him. So I'll say, see, see what's happening over here? It's a shtickle setup. In other words, so I'm, I, I, I want to be able to help Reuven, but Lamaisa, I can't because I made a nether. So I go to the shopkeeper who I have, the storekeeper who I have a relationship with, and I say, ah, oh, you know, I wish, I wish there was something I could do for Ruven, right? I wish I could get him food. I can't because I made a nether. Okay, so what does the shopkeeper pick up on over here? Right, so, I, so why'd you make a nether? That's a different discussion, right? So the shop, so what does the shopkeeper do? The shopkeeper goes, gives Ruven whatever it is that he needs, that he needs, and then comes back to me for payment. So the Gemara says, well, say, so what do you see from here? So in this situation, it's permitted. So what you begin to see, by the way, is that there are different ways in which a person could structure the non-ask ask. Right? So in this case over here, I will say, essentially, what am I doing to the shopkeeper? I'm telling, I'm not even hinting. What am I doing? I'm telling the story. Right? I'm creating, we saw this by the way in Smichas Chavar, we saw this by Amir al-Nakhri, kind of like that. I am weaving a narrative, right? I'm weaving a narrative. So come to the shopkeeper and say, oh, Ruvay's fallen on such hard times. 
I can't help him. I can't help him because I made a nether. But I wish there was some way to help him. So the Gemara says, great. What does the shopkeeper do? Shopkeeper goes, helps Ruvain, and then what? Comes back to me for repayment. So I was like, there, is there any ask that was being made in that statement? Did I make an ask of the Chalmini? Was there an ask? There was no ask. There was no ask. All there was, was a narrative, and the Chenveni went ahead and took action based on the narrative. So the Gemara says, that, then we'll call it the narrative model, that's what's mutter when you've made a nether against someone. But I'll say, here's the problem. When a man, let's go back to our Mishnah, right? Husband made a nether and that his wife can't get any benefit from him. So the Gemara says, what the, I'm sorry, the Mishnah says, establish a parnis, someone to support the wife. How can you establish someone to support the wife? That, that parnis is what? What is he? What is he? He's a shaliach. What's Allah with a shaliach? Shlucho shal adam kimoso. A person shaliach is an extension of himself. So the parnis supporting the wife is effectively the same thing as the husband supporting the wife, which is then a violation of the husband's nether. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 what's the case? The case is where the husband just makes an announcement. Whoever supports my wife, come back to me for repayment. The Gemara says, that's still shlichos. That's still shlichos. Why is it shlichos? Why is it shlichos? Because it's actional. Because at the end of the day, you're asking someone, while you're, while, while you're not directly asking someone, you're making an ask. You're making an ask. As opposed to weaving a narrative. So Rabbi said the Gemara says, "Abal Kolazan Eno Mafsid Lo." To which the Gemara says, "Lomi Bai Kamar, Lomi Bai Kolazan Eno Mafsid Dila Alma Kamar." The Gemara says, "No, no, no, just the opposite. Kolazan is even better." Rabbi said, "Why? Why is Kolazan even better? Because whereas Kolazan does have a a quasi ask aspect to it, an actional aspect, but Rabbi said, it's what? It's not directed at anyone. You see, who who are you? Ta- who is the husband talking to?" When he says, who is he talking to? The Welt, right? He's talking to the world. He's not talking to anyone specifically, right? He's not making a specific ask. suggests the shopkeeper case is worse. Why is the shopkeeper case worse? Because they will say, while it's true that I'm not making an ask, right? While it's true that I'm just weaving a narrative. But who am I weaving a narrative, making an ask, uh, or who am I weaving a narrative to? Someone who I have a relationship with. And I will say, what kind of relationship? A financial relationship with. In other words, this is my shopkeeper. This is where I do my shopping. And he extends credit to me all of the time. So the Gemara says, that's, so the, so I would have thought, I would have thought that ultimately, again, it's only in the case of Kal Hazan Alai that works. Why? Because I'm not making an ask of anyone specific. I'm just making a statement to the Welt. That should be okay. But, but, the shopkeeper, the shopkeeper case, where although I'm weaving a narrative, I'm weaving a narrative to a specific individual, I might have thought that that should not work. Kamash Malon, the shopkeeper case does work. And certainly, Kal Hazan Alai works as well. Incredible. So I will say, by the way, so that's how the Gemara is going to set up this case. Right? So I will say, so just to kind of frame this, Ruvain makes a nether against Rachel, his wife. And he says, you are not permitted to get any type of benefit from me. So I'll say, what effectively does that do? Let's call it now for a month. Let's make it within the permitted range. For, for three weeks, he can't get any benefit from me. Okay. So I'll say, so now he's effectively made a nether that prohibits him from supporting his wife. What does the Mishnah say? Ya'amid parnis. He should go ahead and establish a third party to support his wife. 
How is he establishing the third party? Can he directly go over to a third party and say, do me a favor, Shimon, support my wife? No, why not? Because that is creates a shlichos. Shlucho shal adam kimoso. A shaliach is an extension of the self and thereby he'd be effectively violating his own nether. So what does he do? He goes over to a group of people or even to one individual and he just makes a general announcement. Call hazan alai. Listen, Rachel needs to be supported. I can't support her for the nether because the nether, whoever does support her, will not lose. Which effectively means whoever supports her, come to me with the bill, I'll pay the bill. That does not create shlichos. Why doesn't it create shlichos? Ultimately, again, because he is making a general statement. I, one second, what about the get case? What about the get case? Where ultimately, again, he also made a general statement. Whoever hears my voice, write a get. That's also a general statement. Yet that is shlichos. Why is that case different? Targeted action. Targeted action. There he was saying, whoever hears my voice, write the get. He's giving an explicit command, and therefore that affects shlichos. Incredible, incredible. So Gufa, let's analyze this case a little bit more. Gufa, Hamudra, Hanami, Chaveiro, Ve'inloma, Yochal. So let's go back to the case. So Reuven makes a nether that he's not going to give any benefit to Shimon. Now Shimon is destitute. So what happens? So as I saw, we just had this case. So I go over to, so Ruben goes over to the shopkeeper that has a relationship with him. He says, Ay, Shimon has nothing to eat, but I can't help him because I made an adar. And what happens? Who knows? So the shopkeeper gives Shimon what he needs and comes to collect the money from Ruben. Next case. Beso Lifnos, Ugedero Ligdar. So we'll say similar case, right? I made a nether, right? Or we'll just call Reuven Shimon. Reuven made a nether not to, get any, not to give any benefit to Shimon, right? And what happens? Shimon, he's, he has a home that he's building. So we'll say, so what happens? He doesn't have enough money to pay his workers, or he needs to build a wall, doesn't have enough money to pay his workers, or he needs to go and harvest his field, doesn't have enough money to pay his workers. Now we'll say, what's the problem? Reuven, Reuven wants to help out. Reuven, but what? But what? He can't. Why? Because he made a nether from giving any benefit to Shimon. So what can he do? Holech eight cell. Paul and Ari given as low. Va omrum lo ish ploni mudra and amimene. Vino dema asalo. Hein osin imo uban benopen skaran. So I'll say very similar case. So, so Ruben goes over to workers. Now let's say Ruben has workers. So he goes over to his workers. He says, ah, you know what? Shimon, Shimon, his, his construction project stalled, right? He can't pay his workers. He can't build his wall. He can't harvest his field. I wish, you know, I, I wish there was someone, I wish there was someone, I don't know I should say, I don't know what to do for him. The workers chap, the workers go, they do the work for Shimon, and they come back and they collect payments from Ruvain. Totally mutter. Shabbos say again, why is it totally mutter? Why, why is it totally mutter? Two elements. Number one, in other words, what, when we say mutter, why aren't the workers considered to be the shluchim of Ruvain? Two reasons. Number one, there was not an explicit ask of any individual. Number two, there was no actional component. So because no direct ask, no call to action, therefore no creation of shlichos. And we'll listen to this next case. Very interesting. So we'll say, now watch this. Watch this. So, so Reuven and Shimon, right, two guys. Reuven makes a neder that Shimon can't get any benefit from him. Can't get any benefit from him. Now Reuven and Shimon are walking together. Reuven has what to eat. Shimon doesn't have what to eat. Now both sides, you'll see to yourself, one second, if Reuven made a nether, if Reuven made a nether, not to give any benefit from Shimon, 
Then what's the obvious kasha on this case? Why are they together? <laughs> what, why are they together? So I will say, so first of all, simple answer is relationships are complex, right? And sometimes even people you don't necessarily like you still have to interact with, they're both saying, I think it's such an incredible metaphor as well to our relationship with the Rebbe Shalom, if you think about it, that sometimes, sometimes, not that I'm mudr Hashem, not that I ever make a nedr that I'm not going to have anything to do with Hashem, but sometimes I act that way, right? Sometimes I do things, I do things, I, I behave in ways, I engage in actions which actively distance me from the Rebbe Shalom. Yet, no matter how much I distance myself from Hashem, my life is always I always walk with Hashem even when I distance myself from Hashem. This is the great, you know, in Hasidus they call this Ratzal B'Shov, that life is this constant forward and backward movement. I'm with Hashem, I'm apart from Hashem, I'm close to Hashem, I'm far from Hashem. But even when I'm far from Hashem, nevertheless my life is always The The incredible part about a Jew is I always walk with the Ribbono Shalom, even when I am far from the Ribbono Shalom. So the Gemara says over here, so Ruben and Shimon are all walking together. Now we have a problem, right? What's our problem? Our problem is that Ruben has food, Shimon does not. But Ruben can't just simply give Shimon his food because Lamaise made a nether. So what does he do? Very interesting. So what does he do? So no sin la'achar l'shumatana ba'lo no tel u'motar. So what's this? Listen to this. So the simple answer is, Hopefully, Levi's there also, right? Hopefully, there's another party. So what does Reuven do? Reuven gives the food to Levi as a gift, right? And Levi can then give it to Shimon. Okay, that, that's the easiest way. So the Gemara says, What happens if Levi's not there? It's literally just Reuven and Shimon. So what does Reuven do? Okay, so what could Ruben do? Take the food, put it on a rock or whatever, put it on a fence, put it somewhere, and say, the food is hefker. The food is hefker. Okay, what could happen after Ruben makes the food hefker? What could happen? Shemin could take it and enjoy it. Rabbi Yossi, oh sir. Rabbi Yossi says, no, no, no. If there's a third party, I agree. But the concept of going ahead and making the food hefker does not work. Does not work. Then I will say, why doesn't it work? I'm going to my time Rabbi Yossi. I don't say that sounds like a great idea. So why doesn't it work to go ahead and make the food hefker? Rabbi Yossi says, incredible. Gzera Mishum, Tapavayin Aleph, Maisa de Beis Choron. Because of the story in Beis Choron. So Rabbi Yossi, without getting into all the specifics of the story, the story of Beis Choron was a case of a person who made something hefker. Again, it was, it was just, actually it was a wedding story. It was a wedding story where Lemais again, one person had made a neder precluding someone else from going ahead and benefiting from them. The person who made the neder was then making a wedding. He wanted the person who was under the ban of the neder to participate in the wedding. So what did he do? He made all of his possessions hefker. Now once he made it hefker, what would that allow for? What would that allow for? The person who was under the neder ban to come and enjoy the wedding. The problem is someone else heard, heard the Baal Simcha make everything hefker. He said, fantastic, this is the best wedding I've ever been to. Right? So what does he do? He comes and he acquires everything for himself and he makes everything hectish. There's always a guy like that. There's always a guy like that, right? There's like the from guy, right? Make it hectish, make it hectish. So, say, so, so what happens? So what happens? So the Baal Simcha hears this and the Baal Simcha says, hold up there. I didn't mean to make it fully hefker. I just made to make it hefker enough. 
Not like some people only need a kosher enough, right? Hefker enough. I need it to be hefker enough. Hefker enough for what? For the guy under the man to come to the simcha. So I will say, what that exposed, what that exposed is this concept that sometimes people make something hefker and they don't really mean to make it hefker. So Yossi is worried about this in this case as well. I will say, let, let, let's take, the, by the way, how can you go ahead, what's the litmus test if someone is making something genuinely hefker? The litmus test is, do they care who takes possession of it? If you care who takes possession of the hefker item, then what? Then what? It's not really hefker. So that's what Yossi is concerned about in this case. When Ruben puts the food down and he says it's hefker, it's hefker, it's hefker, right? We know, why is he making it hefker? Why is he making it? He wants someone to take it. Who does he want to take it? Shimon. Shimon. So I will say, Baharaya, Baharaya, if Yisachar were to come along and scoop up the food, would Ruben be okay with that? Absolutely not. So if Rabbi Yossi says, don't tell me this is hefker. It's not Hefker. It's not Hefker. In other words, you're, you're trying to utilize Hefker as a mechanism to transfer something to someone who you can't legally transfer something to, but you don't really need to make it ownerless. Rabbi says Hefker means the act of abdicating over or releasing any claim of ownership to the point that you have absolutely no say or no, or no kavana for who gets it after you. Therefore, Rabbi Yossi does not like the Hefker model. Good. Let's go weiter. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, So also remember again, let's go down to the Mishnah. So remember again, first case, now we've effectively, we've effectively um, explained the first clause in the Mishnah, right? So Ruven is married to Rachel, makes a nether that she cannot get any benefit from him. So now we've established that Halach says as long as the nether is less than 30 days, Ruvain establishes a third party to support his wife. He can't really directly establish it. It's Kavazan Alai. Good. Now Rabbi Huda came along and said, well, if he's a Kohen, if he could have the nether up to two months. For Yisrael, only one month. For a Kohen, up to two months. We explain why the distinction. Because again, a Kohen, once he divorces his wife, he cannot go ahead and remarry her. So therefore, I want to give them a little bit of a longer time to be able to navigate this circumstance. To which the Gemara says, Hainu Tanakama. Rabbi Huda is effectively saying the same thing as the Tanakama. In other words, the Tanakama said, the nether could last up to 30 days. Rabbi Huda said up to 30 days. I'm Rabbi Kohenes Asalashmira. No, no, you're right. Rabbi Huda is really coming to introduce the chilik of a Kohen. That, that's what he's, he's not coming to argue on the Tanakhama. He agrees. For a typical Yisrael, the acceptable duration. Again, I will say, there's no acceptable duration. But, but Lamaisa, for our purposes, the acceptable duration that doesn't trigger the need for an immediate divorce and Ksuva is 30 days. Rabbi Huda is coming to introduce to us that for a Kohen, it'll be 60 days. Rava Amar Chodesh Mali B'Chodesh Chasra Ikimilayu. Rava says, no, the other possible, the other possible Nafkamin Rava between Rabbi Huda and the Tanakhama is as follows. I will say, when a man makes a nether for Lamed Yom, what does Lamed Yom mean? Does Lamed Yom mean 30 days? Or does Lamed Yom mean a month? And I will say, that's, there's an Afkamina. Why is there an Afkamina? Some months are 29 days. Some months are 30 days. So it could be that the Machlokas between Rabbi Huda and the Tanakhama might also be in the definition of a month. The Tanakhama is saying month means 30 days. Rabbi Huda is saying month means 29 days. Okay, Amarav. So lo shana ela b'mefarish. Furthermore, I will say this, this whole situation, this whole discussion over here is where the husband explicitly articulated the duration of the nether. Look at Rashi b'mefarish, second line down from the top. Shepir shloshim yom hud lo kafilam elahotzi eliyam or parnes. So I will say, now listen to this, listen to this. So Rav says, Rav says, when we have this concept that you could wait out the nether a little bit, that's only if the husband explicitly articulates the duration of the nether. 
So if Reuven makes an editor saying, I hereby make an editor that my wife cannot get any benefit from me for 30 days, okay, we have a mechanism for that, right? He establishes a third party, third party provides for the support of the wife, he doesn't have to immediately divorce her. However, says Rav, says Rav, Aval bestam. Let's say just the man makes a stam neder, a stam neder, that he's not going to give any benefit to his wife. Ultimately, Rav says, if it's without duration, it immediately triggers the need for divorce and ksuba. Shmuel over Shmuel says, no, no, no. Afilu bestam lo yotzi shema yimatzei pesach lenidro. Shmuel says, no, no, no. Even if he made a neder without duration, now that's a terrible thing, but so we don't force them to get divorced immediately. Rather, what do we do? We still give them 30 days, right? We, are, or we give them some amount of time because maybe the husband will find the Pesach or find an opening to revoke his neder. So Dafka in a case of a neder with an, with an inexplicit duration. So Rav says, inexplicit duration, divorce Suva immediately. Shmuel says, no, no, no. Give them some time because maybe the husband will work a way out of the nether. One second, we already learned this machlokas. We already learned this machlokas one time before. This nan we learned. Hamadris ishtomitash mishnah. said this is the previous mishnah. If a man makes a nether, precluding himself from getting any benefit from relations with his wife, so beishamai omrim shtei shabbosus. Beishamai say two weeks is the maximum duration. Or beisila omrim shabbosachas. Beisila says one week is the maximum duration. Rav says the machlokis is only when you explicitly articulate the duration of the neder. But let's say a husband made a neder prohibiting himself from getting benefits from relations with his wife, and there is no duration attached to the neder. Rav says he has to divorce her immediately and ultimately pay the ksuva. Shmuel says no, no, no. Wait. Give it some time, maybe he'll be able to find an opening to revoke his nether. So I will say, the point over is Semach Lokes. It's the Semach Lokes, Rav and Shmuel, right? Semach Lokes. To which the Gemara says, why do I need both? Tricha. Di So I had it only articulated Rav's position in the case of Tashmish, I would have said, yeah, if a husband makes a nether, that he can't get any benefit from relations with his wife. And there's no duration attached to that nether. That triggers the need for immediate divorce in Ksuva. Why? Why? Because of us, I, there's no way to sustain her, so to speak, through a third party. Right? So the mice, again, those are services which cannot be outsourced. Right? So therefore, again, Halokha Lamaisa, maybe that's where immediate divorce and Ksuva is triggered. However, but in our case of our Mishnah, the F Sherbet Parnes, Ibn Shmuel. But in our case, well, so you can't have a third party that provides support. So maybe Rav would agree with Shmuel that ultimately give them some time, give husbands some time to figure out a way out of this nether. Furthermore, again, had it just stated our present case, in our case, that's where Shmuel says, even with a nether, without an explicit duration, give the husband some time. Why? Because you could support the wife through a third party. But in the case of Tashmish, where there is obviously no third party that could help, say ultimately, again, he would be molded to Rav, that ultimately a nether like this, not to support one's wife, would trigger, without a duration, would, ex- would trigger an immediate need for divorce and ksuva. Therefore, Tzricha, therefore I will say, I need the Machlokas to be articulated in both cases. Incredible. Therefore I will say, what we have over here, interestingly enough, 
is a fundamental machlokes between Rav and Shmuel in a case where you make one of these nedarim without an explicit duration. So we saw it by Tashmish, now we're seeing it by support. So Rav says a husband makes a nedar not to support his wife, and there's no duration, triggers need for immediate divorce with payment of ksuba. Shmuel says, give it some time. Now, how much time will say? We would assume that how much time is Shmuel giving it? 30 days, because that's, that's the maximum duration under which this nether would be acceptable. Give it 30 days. Might as well give it 30 days, because Lamais, again, that'll give hopefully the husband the opportunity to figure out a way out of the nether. Incredible. So, so let's go back there. Tanan, we learned, Hamadir's so, so let's go through the Mishnah now. Mishnah gave another case. That what? A man makes a nether. So let's remember again, it turned out, it turned out, Rashi already told us in the Mishnah, although Rashi spoils a little bit for the Gemara, but it's okay. That a nether is being made. A nether is being made that she's not going to eat any kind of fruit. Any kind of fruit, right? So the, the Lashon of the Hamadir is Ishto. So literally translated means a man makes a nether that his wife can't eat a particular type of fruit. Yotzi vitein ksuva. He has to divorce her, give her a ksuva immediately. Immediately. So says, well, let's analyze this. So bishlam al-Rav, kevan kan bistam kam So according to Rav, this makes sense. So also what the Gemara is bothered by is why does that neder trigger the need for instantaneous divorce? Right? So we'll say, here's what's interesting, right? So, so, according, so according to Rav, it makes sense. Because according to Rav, any time a husband makes a neder restricting his wife, and there's no duration that triggers the need for immediate divorce and ksuba. Elo the Shmuel Kasha, but according to Shmuel, Shmuel says, Halakha Maisi, you should give a little bit of time. To which the Lord says, No, 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 what's the case? Here we go, Bosai. What's the case? The say the case is where Rachel says, I hereby make a neder that I cannot get any benefit. I'm never going to eat apples. Not going to eat apples. And what happens? And the husband affirms the neder. Husband affirms the neder. Mir says, Who net nasan nosin espa? So also we've seen this expression before, right? We've seen this expression before, that when a husband affirms the nether of his wife, who is considered to have made that nether? Is it the husband because it's his power of affirmation that makes it stand? Or it's the wife because she's the one who's articulated the nether. So the expression of Rabosai is like, who put whose finger between her teeth? So actually the way the expression works is, he, he put her finger between her teeth. In other words, the, the idea of the making of the neder represents like what? The biting of your finger, which is an actively detrimental act. The shayla is, who put the wife's finger between her teeth? Did she put, this is like a convoluted expression, but okay, right? Did she, it works better in the Aramaic, right? In the, in the right? Did he put her finger between her teeth, i.e. he's at fault of the neder? Or she put her finger between. So the Gemara says, Shmuel holds like Rabbi Meir, and Rabbi Meir holds that halacha he put her finger between it, which means he is responsible for the nether. Because he is responsible for the nether, therefore what? We penalize him and we make him divorce her with ksuba right now. Sorry, Meir, who knows? We'll say, is that true? Does, does Rabbi Meir hold that when the husband affirms the neder, he is the one who placed her finger in between it? In other words, he's responsible? Fatanya, we learned, was very interesting. Is Fatanya, listen to this. Let's say a woman made a neder that she's going to become a nazir. And the husband heard and he didn't annul the neder. 
He didn't know the nether. What was the first white line? Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda Omrim, he nasna espa ben shinao. She placed her finger between her teeth. See, Rabbi Meir is on record as saying what? She's responsible for the nether. Lefichach, imrotsa bala hafer yafer. Therefore, if the husband wants to annul the nether, he can annul the nether. Vim amar ef she be ishan adronis. And if he says, I don't want a nether making wife. Right, I don't so want to say it's dangerous to be married to a nether-making woman, right? Because lemaisa again, the darim are dangerous. Sifi so says, "Listen, you know, you're, you're starting to make nether naziros. I am not into that." He says, "I don't want this." Tasty shlobik suva. Halach lemaisa, he could divorce her, and he doesn't have to pay her suva. Again, we'll see why that is. Why so severe? I will say, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Elazar, Omrim, who knows he has a ben shina? No, no, no. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Elazar says, "No, it's not her fault. It's his fault. Why?" Because the nether is only effective if what? If what? If he affirms it. Therefore, what? So the Gemara says, So who knows in Esau and Shina? He placed her finger between it. In other words, he's responsible. Ultimately, again, if the husband wants to know the nether, he can do so. And if he says, I don't want to be married to a nether making woman, that's fine. But he could divorce her, but he's a parak suba. I will say, but the point over here is what? Rabbi Meir is on record as saying that she is at fault for the nether, not him. Tushmar says, you're right. Epoch, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda, Omrim, Hunos in Etzva, Rabbi Yosef, Elazar, Omrim, Hinas. No, you're right. Just turn it around. Flip, flip, flip the shittos. Okay. For some Rabbi Yossi, Hinas, Hinas, does Rabbi Yossi hold that when a wife makes a nether, that she is the one who is responsible, no, she placed her finger between her teeth, that she's responsible for making the nether? After all, Vahatanan. So I say, so you understand the tension over here? It's this unique situation by a wife, right? That when a wife makes a nether, the nether is only the nether is only in effect if the husband affirms it, right? It still needs husband affirmation. So, which is really a fascinating dynamic. So, the shaila is when a woman makes a nether, who do we view as being responsible for that nether? Is it the wife because she articulated it ultimately again, or is it the husband, right? Or is it the husband? Or is it the husband, right? Or is it, right? or is it the hu- or is it the husband, right? Because he shut off his ringer, right? Or is it the husband, right? Because he went ahead and because he went ahead and affirmed it, right? That's the shaila. So says the Gemara. Rabbi he nasna. Does Rabbi hold that she played that, that it's her responsibility? Vatanan. Rabbi Omer. Banius shalonosan kitzva. Banius shalonosan kitzva. So I'll say. So what? So let, let's go back for just a moment. So I'll say this is Mishnah. Remember, last part of the Mishnah. Last part of the Mishnah read, read as follows. A man makes, so I'll say again, it sounds like a man is making a nether to prohibit his wife from, 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 Rashi says over here, not to put on perfume. So once again, remember, it sounds like the husband's making the nether, but in fact, it's not the husband making the nether. Who's making the nether? The wife is making the nether. So remember again, for Anius, if, if the woman is poor, ultimately again, Shalom Kitzvah. Right? So for a poor woman, the nether is only problematic if there's no duration attached to the nether. So the Gemara says, so therefore you see over here that Rabbi Meir holds, right, so look, look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, So we'll say, so again, remember in that case, he has to divorce her, give her a ksuba. And I will say, this is a, the fact that he has to give her a ksuba indicates 
that the responsibility is his. His affirmation of the nether ultimately again makes him responsible. So that's Rabbi Yossi, to which the Gemara says, Eimor Rabbi Meir Rabbi Yossi, Omrim Hunosim Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Lazar, Omrim Hinas. Okay, so we'll say now the list is growing. Rabbi Meir Rabbi Yossi hold that ultimately he's responsible. Rabbi, so Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Lazar hold that she's responsible. Really? Does Rabbi Huda hold that she's responsible for the nether? But tonight we learn Rabbi Huda Omer, Bisal Yom Echad Yikayim. Right, ultimately, I want to say this is the case, Shalotit Om. Right, this is not getting into the specifics of the case, but this is the case ultimately where she makes a nether not to taste something. So Rabbi Huda says, So you see from here that Halacha Lamaisa, he's responsible. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yosim, Huno Sein, Rabbi Lazar Omer, Hinasna. Then Tim Salomar, Zuge Zuge, if you want to establish it in pairs. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Elazar, Omrim Hinasna, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, Omrim Hunosein, Vastamadok Rabbi Meir. So, we'll say, the point over here that's happening is, we have Machlokas, right? What's the Machlokas? The Machlokas is when the wife makes an answer and the husband affirms it, who is putting her finger between her teeth? Who is responsible for the ultimate for the ultimate chalos of the nether? Is it the wife because she articulated it, or is it the husband because he affirmed it? It's machlokis. And all we're trying to do over here is to firm up who's on which side. So Yossi holds in the case of a poor woman, right, where the nether was made that she's not gonna put on perfume, it's only problematic if there's no duration attached to it. So what do you see from here? That the husband has the ability to annul the nether. So we'll say, now we're switching gears. Here's what we know. We have a machlokis, a general machlokis, about who is responsible for the nether that a wife makes. Is it she because she articulated it? Is it the husband because he affirmed it? Now we're switching gears. But we'll say, let's take a look at the last case in the Mishnah. What was the last case in the Mishnah? Halacha Lamaisa, she makes a nether, she makes a nether, I'm not gonna wear perfume. I'm not gonna wear perfume. So if she's a poor woman, and she never went ahead and attached a duration to the nether, then he has to divorce her. He has to divorce her. So I might say again, if she's a rich woman, 30 days is maximum duration. Now we'll say, now what's the point? Now, now we see from this Gemara that what? That if she made a nether not to put on perfume, that what? Husband has the ability to annul it. He has the ability to annul it. The Gemara says, or Minu, here's a kasha. Elud varm shabal mefer. The following are the list of an of Nidaran that a husband has the ability to annul. Dvarim shiyeshpan inui nefesh. And we'll say, what type of nether could a husband annul if his wife made it? Things that have some element of affliction associated. Because we'll say, it's very important. Let's say a woman makes a nether. I'm going to say five kapitlach of tehillim, five kapitlach of tehillim a day. Does the husband have the ability to annul that? The answer is no. Right? Why? Because it has nothing to do with him. Right? The husband only has the ability to annul nedarim that have something to do with him. So the Gemara says, for example, inui nefesh, afflictive nedarim. For example, so the Gemara says, im erchatz, im lo erchatz, im eskashet, im lo eskashet. Right? Ultimately, a husband, right? If a wife says, makes an answer, I'm not going to bathe. Right? I'm not going to adorn myself. Those are things that are inui nefesh, afflictive in nature. And therefore, the husband has the ability to go and annul. Rabbi Yossi says, no. Ein elu nidre inui nefesh. These are not considered to be afflictive nedarim. Ve'elu ein nidre. What are the afflictive nedarim? So the Gemara says, Shelo ochal basar v'shelo eshte yayin. A woman says, I'm not going to eat meat. I'm not going to drink wine. V'shelo is kashet. Amen beis. Ve'big day tzivonim. I'm not going to wear colored clothing. I'm not going to dress nicely. So we'll say, these are nedarim of inui nefesh. So we'll say, what do you see from here? That according to Rabiosi, according to Rabiosi, a nether not to wear perfume is not called inui nefesh. 
If it's not called Inuy Nefesh, then what? Husband doesn't have the right to annul it. So then what is it doing in the Mishnah? What is it doing in the Mishnah? So, says, so again, first of all, this, this is just very important because up until now, the Gemara kind of makes it sound that a husband has annulment rights on what kind of vow? What kind of vow? Anything. And it's not true. It's not true. He does not have annulment rights in anything. He only has annulment rights in what we call Inuy Nefesh. There's a machlokas as to what constitutes Inuy Nefesh. And Rabbi Yossi is saying, perfume is not Inuy Nefesh. To which the Gemara says, very interesting. So Rabbi is actually quite interesting. The Gemara says, the Gemara says, we're talking about intimate matters. For example, what? Look at Rashi. So let's say again, it has to do with shaving or removing hair, body hair. So I will say the idea over here is specifically the Gemara is talking about pubic hair. So the concern over here is she refuses to do something that could impede the act of relations. So I will say, so this already is a different kind of nether. Sorry. So the Gemara says, this makes sense according to the opinion that says that a husband has the right to annul a nether that has that will impede or potentially impede their their intimate life. That's what it means. According to the opinion who says that a husband doesn't have a right to annul such a nether, what is there to say? So it's actually quite a fascinating machlokas. In general, both say a wife makes a nether. And it's going to, Dvarim Shavit is, is Olabeinah is the euphemism for things that could affect their intimate lives. Rav Huna Amar, Habal Mefer, Rav Huna says, ultimately a husband could go and know such an ender. Rav Adabar Ava Omer in Habal Mefer. Very interesting. Rav Adabar Ava says that ultimately a husband cannot go ahead and annul this nether. Why? So it's an interesting expression. Shalom Atzinu Shual Shemes Ba'afar Pir. Because a fox has never died from its own foxhole. Okay, so I'll say, what, what is, what? Okay, let's see, let's see Rashi. Rashi says, Ba'afar Pir, Rashi says, Ba'afar Chur, Shu Gadol, Shem Kilomar, B'davar Shu Ragil Bo, Baki Hu, Lishan Shem So I'll say, we're gonna see, by the way, that there was sometimes a concern that the husband could be hurt, right? If, by, 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 well, 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 again, we'll get into it. But Lamaisa, the point over here is even if the wife refuses to remove hair, certainly that could impede the act of intimacy, a husband will know how to navigate. Husband will know how to navigate. He knows his wife. They have an, they have an intimate life together beforehand. So ultimately, again, this will, her refusal to do this will not impede their it will not impede their intimacy. So the man gives this expression. Just like the fox knows its lair, right? The fox knows its foxhole. So ultimately, again, the husband knows his wife intimately. And even if she refuses to do this, so the mice, again, it won't impede their intimacy. Okay. Shalom atzinu shuel shemes ba'afar pir. Right? Good. Incredible expression. So it says, but what's the case? So, so, so in other words, we'll say, just understand what we're doing over here. We're trying to figure out over here, we have a case in the Mishnah. What was the case in the Mishnah? That halacha lamaisa, a woman makes a neder that she's not going to put on perfume. Not going to put on perfume. So the Mishnah said, that, uh, and, and what's the case? The husband affirmed it. That, that's how we set it up, the husband affirmed it. Now the fact that the husband affirmed it also tells us that what? That what? The husband could annul it. Here's the problem. The husband could only annul things that are related to either inui nefesh, afflictive, afflictive items, or at least according to Rav Huna, things that impact their intimate lives. Things that impact their intimate lives. 
But things that are neither inui nefesh, nor do they go ahead and impact their intimate lives, a husband cannot annul. So mostly it sounds like perfume is not inui nefesh, and perfume doesn't impact their intimate lives as well. So why would a husband have the power of annulment? Very interesting. I love my ask, you know, what's the case here? What's the case? Interesting. She linked, she linked perfume and relations. The Amra, she says, the pleasure from, from, from Tashmish, from relations with you, should become a surah to me if I use perfume. Okay, so she, she's creating this, this nether. So really, perfume by itself is not problematic. But in this case, she's saying, if I wear perfume, essentially, I can't have relations with you. Right? I prohibit the benefit of relations. So here, although the perfume nether is not inui nefesh, nothing to do with intimacy, but fulfillment of that nether will trigger the prohibition for her to engage in intimacy with her husband. Right? Ultimately, again, if a wife says, I hereby make a nether that I cannot get any benefit from Tashmish with you, so we'll say, ultimately, again, such a nether, such a nether is invalid. Such a nether is invalid. Again, we'll discuss because that makes her into a moredes, a rebellious wife. And therefore, again, ultimately, we'll say, kofa umishamashto doesn't mean that he forces her to have relations. A husband is never permitted to force himself to have relations, could force himself on his wife. That is usr. Hey, so we'll say, what if kofa umishamashto means just there's no nether? There's no nether. Hanos tashmishek alai yafir lefein she'in ma'akhil la'adam davar asol. So if the husband makes also similar type of nether, we force him to go ahead and be made for that nether. Why? Because again, we don't want him to remain in a state of isr. So the Gemara says, I have a lot of shade, So I don't understand. So now we're setting up the case of the Mishnah. What's happening in the Mishnah? She made a nether. What's her nether? What's her nether? Her nether is, if what? If I use perfume, I am not permitted to get Hanah from relations with you. This is fine. Don't put up perfume. Why is this case a big deal? In other words, her, the, the problematic part of the nether regarding Tashmish is only triggered if she puts on perfume. So therefore, what simple Asa, simple Asa is, don't put on perfume. So the Wishti Gemara says, Velotis kashes, veloti aser, imkein karila menubelas. The Wishti Gemara says, no, no, the problem is, if a woman doesn't put on perfume, she's considered to be a menubelas. So also remember again, perfume also served a much more significant role in times of the Gemara, when people didn't necessarily bathe every single day. So therefore, perfume was incredibly important. So a woman doesn't put on perfume ever, Right, it's called the minuvelas. Vitis kashit vite aser. So we'll say, so, okay. So now let's go through this. So fine. So put on perfume. Oh, one second. If you put on perfume, then what? Then what? What does that do? What does that do? That triggers the nether. What's the nether? The nether is that she's not permitted to get any pleasure or any benefit from relations with him. Vite aser. So we'll say it's okay. Ilabe shamish te shavasos. Ilabe sol shabas achos. So we'll say. So remember again, as long as the nether does not have a prolonged duration. In other words, remember, again, we spoke about this before. Technically speaking, a couple could be bound by a nether not to get benefit from Tashmish up until a week according to Beis Hillel, two weeks according to Beis Shammai, to which the Gemara says, you're right, this is incredible Gemara. That's true. But I will say, when do we say about the nether case regarding, regarding Tashmish? When is that true? That's when he's making the nether. I will say, get ready for this Gemara. This is incredible Shalom Bayes Gemara. Hanimili, heicha da'adra ihu. So I will say, when the husband makes a nether, 
prohibiting the the Hanav of Tashrish upon himself. So that's when we have one week according to Beis Hillel, two weeks from Beis Shammai. The Sabra, Mir Sakhra Sechiluye, the Hashta Mosib Daite. Because the wife feels, okay, my husband got angry at me. So he made this nether, he made this nether, that he's not going to get any benefit from Tashmish with me. Okay, but the nether has a duration. He'll calm down one week according to Beis Hillel, two weeks from Beis Shammai. I both say, watch this. What's the case over here? The case over here is where she's making the nether. She's making the nether. Right? So say the, right? She, she's making the nether. Look at Rashi. I'm sorry, before we do that. So the words, And I will say, what's the case? She made the nether. And remember, what was she doing? She was making the nether linking perfume to Tashmish. And what? And what? Or I will say, or for that matter, or for that matter, she's making just the nether about Tashmish. Then what happens? Vishasikla. He's quiet. He's, you know, what do you mean he's quiet? What does he mean he's quiet? He essentially affirms the nether, right? Savra midi ishtik. My fact that my husband was silent. He didn't say anything. And he affirmed the nether, misnahu disanili. Ultimately, again, he must really hate me. He must really hate me. So I'll say, you hear the distinction over here? When he makes the nether, when he makes the nether about Tashmish, so she assumes, okay, he's angry. He's angry, he'll calm down. When she makes the nether about perfume and Tashmish, and he's silent, she interprets his silence ultimately as what? As hatred. As hatred. Now look at Rashi. Look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, He could have annulled the nether and he didn't do so. Ultimately, again, she cannot live with him anymore. So just watch this case very quickly. So remember, how are we setting up this case? She's making a nether. What's her nether? If I use perfume, ultimately, again, the hanah from Tashmish becomes asura to me. Husband is standing right there, right? And essentially doesn't say anything. What's Talach in the Mishnah? Talach in the Mishnah is, he has to divorce her immediately and give her her ksuba. So both said, the says, that's interesting. Because when the husband makes a nether, when the husband makes a nether, ultimately, again, not to get any benefit from Tashmish with his wife, we have a week According to Beisilo, two weeks according to Beishamai. Why not the same duration? Twitch the says something amazing. Again, because when the husband makes the nether, the wife understands like this. My husband's angry at me, he's making the nether, he'll calm down. He'll calm down. When she makes the nether, he had the ability to annul that nether right there. He had the ability to annul it. And he did it. He affirmed it. What does that lead her to believe? My husband hates me. My husband hates me. My husband clearly despised me because he, if he wanted to annul the nether, he could have. A woman cannot live with a man who she thinks despises him. Her, sorry. Therefore, the Mishnah says, therefore, the Mishnah says that Allah has to divorce her immediately and what parak suva. Rabbi say two dramatic lessons we have to stop. Number one, Rabbi saying, there is nothing worse in marriage than giving a spouse the silent treatment. You want to go ahead and argue. You want to go ahead and have a disagreement of opinions. That's fine. Argue, argue kindly, right? Disagree agreeably. But I will say, silence is the worst thing in the world. Why? Because you know what happens with silence? You give people the ability to interpret or to create their own narratives. There could be a million and one reasons why the husband went ahead and affirmed his wife Neza. Why, why did he affirm it? I love my wife. If this is what she wants, that I'm willing to be. I'm, I'm always told I should. I should be a supportive husband. Okay, I want to support you. You're Nidarim. Wonderful. Go live your Nidarim dreams. Do what you want to do. See, he thinks he's doing the best thing in the world of being a supportive husband. 
Meanwhile, she's thinking to herself, I cannot believe he hates me. See, I both say, sometimes we think that the way, the way to shalom bias is not to say things. Don't, don't, don't talk about the problems. Don't bring it up. It's going to make things worse. Just leave it alone. Fakir, just the opposite is true. The best thing you could do for shalom bias is talk things out. I, but by talking, we're going to fight. This is going to come up. That's okay. That's okay. So much better to fight than to live in a marriage of silence. Because in a marriage of silence, Rabbi Osai, husband develops his narrative, wife develops her narrative. Usually both narratives are unequivocally false. Say what has to be said. A fight may ensue, but at least both spouses know where the other one is standing. We'll see stop over here today. Shkoyach. All right, Chevron Zoom, have a great day, everyone.